InvestTalk listeners ask Steve and Justin what they use for their winning investment research. And the answer is YCharts, quality data with easy-to-use tools. Start your free trial now at YCharts.com. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Thank you for joining me today on Invest Talk. It is already October 23rd, and that means we're one month away from my favorite holiday, Thanksgiving. Coming up pretty fast. I really like Thanksgiving. Um, uh, probably because of food, family, and football. Probably is why. And of course, Christmas was only going to be is now two months away. I mean, you got to get your shopping done. But a lot could happen in the stock market between now and then. And we're going to talk about that today. I'm Steve Peasley, and of course, I welcome you to Invest Talk, the weekday financial program that is geared to helping you grow and protect your investments. So, our focus on this program today will be you, of course, your investments, and your continued education on how to become above average investor, how to achieve financial freedom. And it's not just about investing, it's also about saving and what and spending. I mean, that's just as important. How much are you saving and how much you're spending? And of course, how are you investing the difference? If there's no difference, if you're not saving every month, there's something, then you're just not going to have a comfortable retirement. It's simple as that. And I do have an announcement, and I've been announcing this recently. Justin and I have our reserve, want you to reserve October 30th for our next wealth webinar. And that's coming up pretty fast. October 30th is only one week from tonight. And our Wealth Webinar is one, is our one-hour online education event. It will cover various topics this time, from economics to stock picking. And it's free. The webinar is free. All our webinars are free. But you must pre-register so we can send you a special access link. And you can register now at investtalk.com. Now, the roller coaster ride today continues. Did you see that? I'm sure you've seen it. Now, maybe not if you go to work and you're working all day and you don't see it, but the market was very volatile today, down 548 points on the Dow at one point. Didn't end up there. It was only ended up down 126, but it made it. It was down only like 50 until the last hour, then it got worse a little bit. But it made it all the way back. I mean, quite a big comeback i thought now what caused well there was a lot of factors uh you know besides just being volatile and it being october uh disappointing earnings geopolitical concerns like coming uh election and i think some some traders got spooked a little bit uh, uh, because of there was some you know the nasdaq is it's going to have its worst month since 2008 at this rate so I think some of the traders were getting spooked by that realization that the market's getting weak. But you know, it's no weaker than it was. Matter of fact, it's still above, right above the 200-day moving average. So, you know, it's still not even close to the fall it made in February. It is right at where it started the year. <laughs> really, really close. If you look at the overall market, the whole New York Stock Exchange, it's below where it started the year. 
I'm looking at the Dow right now. Right at where I started the year. A lot of nothing happening so far this year. Well, anyways, so I just think the traders are getting a little bit spooked. So, and of course, your questions always come first. Our number is 888-99-CHART, 888-99-CHART, C-H-A-R-T. So if you have a question, anything financial, time to give me a call. I would love to talk to you. Have you heard the biggest shift in three decades is coming next year? How FICO credit scores are calculated. It might soon impact you. So I'm going to, yeah, I'm going into it onto the story in a few minutes. And I don't know. I think, I think this is uh, going to be a problem. And I'll explain why I think it's a problem. So before I get to that, though, let's take a little, take, let's go ahead and take a caller. Let's go talk to uh, Noel in Napa. How you doing, Noel? Oh, very good, Steve. Nice to hear you on the radio today. Thank Anyhow, you. Um, yeah, I really want to buy um, uh, AT&T for the dividend, but it's not down to 30 yet, so I'm going with the second thing is uh, Micron Technology MU. Uh, it's down below 40, so... Does that still look, look like a good entry point for MU, or should I kind of watch a little further? Yeah. It, it ended up at 38.68 today. 38.68. It has lots of support right around 40, and it broke it a little bit today. So I'm going to ask you to wait a couple of days, uh, maybe a week. Let's see, because it broke support at 40. So you just, I'm not sure, mm -hmm. I'm not convinced that that's the end of the fall. It might recover tomorrow, but I will even ask you to wait a few more days. You want to see some strength come back. To Micron Technologies, everybody. And support, I'm talking, when I talk about that, I'm talking about chart, chart reading. It went to 40 uh, in December of last year and then February of this year, and, and both times it bounced up. And now it's at 40 again. Got up to $62, $63 in uh, May. And ever since May, it's been slowly falling, and now it's down to 38.68. Okay, and Micron Technology is in the tech, the the, uh, the computer data storage sector, chips. That whole sector has been beaten up pretty good, you know, the chips sector. Uh, so th this company makes flash memory, not you know, a bunch of stuff. Okay, and the numbers are very good here, Nolan, uh, Noel. They're good numbers. I mean, we're talking now. It's going to make nine dollars and eighty-one cents next year, and it's a thirty-eight dollar stock. That's what, four? Four PE? Problem is it made eleven dollars ninety-five cents this is gonna make eleven ninety-five this year, ten fifty-four next year, and then two thousand twenty nine eighty-one. So it's falling slowly, even though sales are still rising. I mean uh, sales well, let me put the let me rephrase that. Sales growth has fallen, but sales last quarter thirty-eight percent. Growth of sales grew thirty-eight percent. So it's a really good bargain in this area and now no it's just a matter of what price do i pick it up at so I, i'd wait a few more days you know just in case it can't recover from and go back to the support at 40 thanks for the call no appreciate it mu is a symbol everybody micron technology okay we found a very interesting story on, on lifehacker.com the biggest shift in the three decades is coming for fico credit scores and how they're calculated and what's the difference? Well, the new formula goes into effect next year. 
rather than relying primarily on a consumer credit payment history, if you're paying your bills, the Fair Isaac Corp, which is the FI for FICO score, Fair Isaac Corp, uh, will instead factor in how consumers manage their cash and their credit and their checking, savings, and money market accounts. So now they're going to look at you managing your cash. That means they're going to look at how much cash you have and how you manage it. I think this is probably the wrong focus. I think they shouldn't change their focus from what they were doing. And you, you could, If you think about this for a few minutes, and I did, I thought, well, wait a minute, why, is, why are they changing and what kind of difference will it make? What it's going to show, now they're, they're changing the focus on how good of a payer you are of your bills to how much money you have. Basically, that's the focus. How much money do you have? Well, isn't it more important that how you're paying your bills, not how much you're, how, how well you're managing your cash? That seems to me to be the wrong focus. And it seems to me that you can do some manipulation uh, in, these, in this area. You can't manipulate paying your bills. Either you have or you haven't. You can manipulate how much cash is in your account. You can borrow it from people. You can borrow from family and put it in your account. It could show up a lot more money than you had. You know, you can you can borrow it from family or from some nefarious people that you don't want to, shouldn't borrow it from, and put it in your account for a few months and show how much cash you have. See, there's I, I think it has more room to for manipulation, focusing on how you manage your money versus how well you're paying your bills. So all this is leaving to you know, how you save and spend your money, how you save and spend it, instead of, instead of, how, how do you pay your bills? That, that, it, it worries me. It's a concern. Okay. So, if you're an investor working towards comfortable retirement, working towards financial freedom, you've heard me say many times that your investment portfolio should be balanced. And you need a strategy that manages your desire for stock appreciation, value, dividend payout. What kind of investor are you going to be? You want to be an investor that takes reasonable risk or the risk that you're comfortable with at the very least. So at KPP Financial, us and I can help you with that, with the goals and try to help you determine what your own personal risk tolerance is. But you have to reach out to us. Call our data point office. In California, or send a message through investtalk.com. Send me an email. I'll be happy to answer it. And I have a quick note for you here. Justin and I are very happy to announce the launch of the new offering, Invest Talk Academy. Our first class begins on November 1st. November 1st, Invest Talk Academy will give you online instruction with hands on mentoring. I'll be explaining it real value. I'll be in great detail over the next couple of weeks. A little bit later in the program today, so I will do that more then. So text your friends if they're interested. They will want to hear the news, uh, hopefully. But I'm ready for your calls right now. 888-99-CHART. Give me a call. Thanks for listening to Invest Talk. October is moving fast and Thanksgiving is only about a month away. 
it might be worth your time to head over to investtalk.com and read about the many strategic investing programs offered to clients of KPP Financial. You should consider Equity Income Plus, a key strategy you may be missing. The phone lines are open, Steve is here, and he's taking your questions live. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. So what's the main talking point today? Questions to ask before you buy or sell a house. Now, I looked at the, they have 10 of them on this article, and I don't think all of them apply, but we're going to go through a number of them, and some of them are very important. So we're going to go through that. I'll even talk about the ones that I don't think really apply and why. Tell you why I don't. So, yeah, before you spend the money, which is a third of your monthly income on a house, you got to be careful. you got to think about it and do it right. Also, I'm going to talk about the Chinese stock market today, and I want to talk about it in a little bit different because they're in a bear market. How is that going to affect our market, and is it already affecting it? Is it already affecting it? It could be, you know. There's some ways I think it might be. Also, uh, Trump's uh, trade war could pay off and revive American manufacturing, but it's not as positive as some think it's going to be. It's going to take time, and I want to explain that. By the way, we've already seen manufacturing coming back to the U.S. before Trump was president. Just want you to know. It was just very slow and a trickle, and is now speeding up. I agree with all that. It's sped up very fast, much faster than it was. But there's going to be some problems, and I want to talk about what those problems entail. And gold prices set a, a, a three-month high. Gold price, a three-month high as Treasury yields sink. Why is that? Why is it setting a three-month high? What's going on there? Remember what moves gold. We've talked about it before, and I'm going to talk about it again. What moves gold prices? Do you know? And, and two of the things that move gold prices not happening. Dollar falling would move gold prices. Dollar's not really falling. And uh, inflation. We don't really have any inflation. But so why is the gold at three months high? What's going on? What's the third thing that drives gold? There's three basic things that drive gold. We'll talk about that third thing. This is Invest Talk. I'm C. Peasley. And if you live anywhere in the Bay Area of Northern California, I will be there on November 7th in San Jose. I, you know, I was just there what, three weeks ago, two weeks. And I'll be there again. 888-99-CHARTERS, our number. Well, it is now official. Steve and Justin have set the date and time for their next live webinar presentation, October 30th, 6.30 p.m. The Wealth Webinar is free, but you must be pre-registered. And you can do so now at investtalk.com. Start on the Invest Talk menu link, then scroll down to webinar. You are listening to Invest Talk. Have you got a question for Steve? He's here, and the lines are open. 888-99 chart. 888-992-4278. So, what happened today? The market ended up being down 126 for the Dow. 
Down 31 from the NASDAQ and 15 for the S&P. But boy, that's not nearly the story. The Dow was down 548 points at, at, at the at worst, which was in the morning. So it was really, the market really took a hit initially. Why is that? What happened today? Well, there was a couple of things. Um, uh, I probably started off with the earnings from uh, Caterpillar and uh, M, 3M. That Caterpillar said, even though they beat their numbers, they said things were going to slow down in the future. And remember, the stock market trades off the future. And you got Caterpillar, which is, sells those big mining equipment, right? And that kind of helped hurt the commodities, which started dragging down. 3M, which is also a bellwether kind of stock, said that their sales were going to soften too. And they were both quoting, you know, tariffs in China, a slowdown in China, and, you know, the tariffs in China and all that stuff as reason. So the market did not like any of that. And, you know, that might have been the catalyst, but I find it very instructive that the market fell, but started to come way back. Very instructive. So the market is not nearly as sick as you might think it is. I mean, we really haven't got down to the most recent, the February lows when the market corrected 10%. 10%. We haven't got back down there yet. So it's still weak, and I don't think we should step in market too heavily yet. But, you know, I, I, I thought that was a good sign that it bounced back strongly. Today's main talking point, questions to ask yourself before you buy or sell a house. And, of course, they list 10 things. And I'm not so sure all 10 things apply. Well, first one is, should you buy? Should you buy a house? Can you afford it? Or should you, the second question, or should you wait to buy? And, you know, I've had this question asked to me many times by many people. And I say, uh, if it's your own home that you're buying, your own home that you're going to live in, you can buy almost at any time. But you have to understand if you're buying high or buying low. Usually, now right today, for instance, we've we've seen the housing market weaken somewhat, but the prices are still pretty high. But it depends on location. It depends on how much money you have. You, you know, you really decide on the uh, can you afford it. If you're buying a property for investment, then you look at something different than just living. And you look at the return on your investment. How much rent am I going to get? You know, where's the location? Is it a good location? Will the house appreciate? Have other properties appreciated? So when you think about should you buy, your, and you're talking about your own home, it's different than if you're talking about buying a rental property. Right now, the return on, return on invested dollars in California is not very good, but other parts of the country it is as far as an investment property is concerned. So a third, will you appear creditworthy? To market lenders. And of course, there you check your credit score. If you have bad credit, you're going to get a bad loan, a more expensive loan. And, you know, if you're selling a house, should you remodel it? Usually the answer is no. You're going to pay too much money to remodel the house than you get out of it when you sell it. So usually the answer is don't remodel a house that you're going to sell. You remember, when you want to remodel a house, there's a house you're going to stay in for a number of years because you want to enjoy the remodeling. Should you refinance? Not if you're going to sell or buy within the next year or two. It's not worth it. 
It's not worth the hassle. It's not worth the cost to refinance. And sometimes refinance is absolutely free. And even then, if you're going to sell it soon, why, why bother? Don't need to do that. And of course, is your house fit for selling? Have you, have you fixed it up? What can you fix up that's not going to be too costly? Paint jobs are cheap. You know, certain things are really inexpensive to do to make the house look nice. Do some yard work, make the yards look nice. Curb appeal, those kinds of things. So, are you tra- are you on track to pay off your mortgage by retirement? <coughs> well, if you're gonna if you're gonna sell the house, you don't need to worry about that. But you do want to have a house paid off by the time you retire. Your house, the one you're living in, paid off by the time you retire. It only makes an abundance amount of sense because you're not going to have any active income. You got to live off your assets. So pay it off. Pay extra. Anyways, um, what to decide to sell your house? If you have a house, you live in it, and you got more rooms than you use. You have rooms that you hardly ever use. You probably have too big of a house. Even a spare bedroom that you, you know, have for guests. What if, if you have two spare bedrooms? Yeah, especially if your kids moved out. You don't really need it anymore. Anyways, those are some of the things you think about when you're buying and selling a house. Tomorrow on Talk, responding to market volatility by selling stocks is hardly ever a good idea. If you haven't already prepared for this volatility by selling back or cutting back, too late. Don't do it now. What should you do when stocks suffer a large drop? That's tomorrow's story. I'm Steve Peasley, and I'm ready to take your questions at 888-99-CHART. To win, all effective investors use a process. And listeners call InvestTalk every day asking to share our winning process. And they, too, can win using the right analytical tools. Just what do we use as our everyday go-to research tool? Y-Charts. It's a cloud-based financial research platform. It is indispensable. YCharts has the powerful tools of a terminal combined with the ease of use of a modern website. We use YCharts every day. YCharts is easy to navigate, visually awesome, and informative. YCharts has filters driven by thousands of metrics, Excel integration, and data visualization to create charts that compare stocks, funds, indices, and more. If you're a serious investor, you'll understand that the precision functionality in YCharts is not free. But YChart has more horsepower and by far better data and filters compared to a giveaway tools from Yahoo or Google. YCharts is a fraction of the cost of something like Bloomberg Terminal. And now our listeners can try YCharts for free. You just heard Steve and Justin endorse YCharts. It's the lightning-fast research, data filter, and charting tool they use every day for their investment portfolios. Think about it. Steve is right. Free software cannot come close to the power, speed, ease of use, and practical functionality of YCharts. And serious investors understand that YCharts can pay for itself with just one or two targeted investment selections. So here's your chance to take advantage of a free trial and a generous YCharts discount. Start by mentioning InvestTalk when you go to YCharts.com. Get serious. Get Y charts. This is Invest Talk. 
Have you thought about asking Steve or Justin for a no-cost and no-obligation portfolio review? You should. They can set up a telephone conversation or a Skype consultation. And if you live anywhere in Northern California, Steve will be returning to San Jose on November 7th. Save the date and register now at investtalk.com. Appointments are free, but they are limited. Okay, you've got finance and investment questions, and you can get unbiased answers. Call now, 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Let's talk to Kevin in Poway. How are you doing, Kevin? Yeah, yeah. Hi, Steve. Thanks for taking the call. Let's chat about Abvi. Abvi in the last handful of days, is coming under pressure mm-hmm. lawsuits for making, supposedly doing not nice, illegal things to get you mayor to the point where it was. The law firms, five or six or seven, are circling around Abvi with investor lawsuits that they, from 2013 to 18, that they defrauded because they didn't give the right information, Abvi. I like AbbVie. It went from 100 and high teens to it's in the 80s. I would like mm-hmm. to get some more. Its balance sheet's a little bit weak because its debt, it's starting to show signs of debt. It's still buying back a lot of shares. How is it best to consider when to buy AbbVie? At what price? How do I, or how does anyone manage the lawsuit and the details of the lawsuit before extending or making a position in AbbVie? Well, I don't think you should really consider the lawsuit much in your analysts of the stock uh, because these companies get sued all the time. And yeah, you know, maybe they're going to have to spend, you know, maybe it'll cost them some money, but you got to remember how big AbbVie is. Abvi is $125 billion market cap. That's a huge company. It, I mean, it has $8 billion in sales a quarter. So whatever the lawsuit is, they're going to be able to handle it. The issue I would worry about is is one you brought up, which would be debt. And for everybody else, uh, Abvi has developed Humira pharmaceutical biological treatments for rheumatoid arthritis, psoriasis, Crohn's disease. And I can't see anything about that business getting stronger because of the older baby boomers. You know, they're going to have arthritis and psoriasis and Crohn's disease more and more and more. Sales are growing 19%. Earnings are going up 40% this year and then 12% next year, $8.82. So the P is going to be below 10. So from a value point of view, it really looks inexpensive. And so the, the only question you have really is the debt. Yeah, the lawsuit's going to cost them some money probably, but I don't, think it's, I don't think it's a driver for the stock price. I don't think it's something you need to worry about. You know, if it was going to ruin their whole business, then of course you've got to worry about it, but this is not. This is going to, they're being accused of something which may or may not be true, and most likely it'll get settled and it'll be done with. So I think it's the debt you look at and make sure that they can handle the debt. So far, it looks like they can, but I wonder why they have so much. Maybe they bought something. I don't know. Thanks for the call, Kevin. appreciate it. I do like it. Wait till it stops going down before you buy more. That's all I can suggest. Let's go to Art Menlo Park. How you doing, Art? 
Good. Steve, how are you today? I am good. I uh, appreciate the call. I'm just uh, calling you about uh, five materials. Um, it's yeah, this about is, half. This is, yeah, this it's is like stock we uh, recently I, purchased. Pardon me? Yeah. Th this is stock we recently purchased, Applied Materials, AMAT. Man, yeah, on all the, uh, the uh, this is a company that inspects, and it's it has, manufactures inspection and etching and cleaning equipment used in the making of flat panel displays, fabrication, and other things, and game, gaming. And their sales are very strong. Uh, they slowed down to 19% from 29%. But they're still pretty strong. Earnings are going to be four dollars eleven cents, down eight percent next year, and that's what got what has everybody freaking out. It fell from sixty dollars down to thirty three, and today it, it actually end, ended up being up today, even though it started off bad. And I think we bought it about five day trading days, six trading days ago when it started to come up off a of bottom a couple of days, and then it turned around. Of course, as soon as we bought it, went back down. Uh, but we do own this in one of our managed accounts, AMAT. I think it's really inexpensive and it looks like an opportunity. Very high return on equity. I mean, mutual funds are about neutral. They don't have buyers or sellers. But I, I like it in this price range, Art. I do. I like it a lot. Okay, AMAT. Okay. You might have to wait. You might you may have to wait, but I like it. And I think this price is cheap. Very cheap. Okay. Okay. Thanks a lot, Steve. Thank you. Thanks for the call. I'm Steve Peasley, and you heard us talking about it in Talk Academy. So what's the concept? I realize that many of you are regular Talk listeners, but you may also want more hands-on guidance, more special classes, expert uh, uh, guidance and educational opportunities. You might like to have a knowledgeable mentor in the stock market. Well, Justin and I are, are trying, we're happy and we want to do this. We've been talking about it for a while, and you can pre-register now. We call it, we're going to call it Invest Talk Academy. It's a one-hour class once a week. Justin and I are going to trade off. He do it as a one week. I do it the next, and he does the next. And we're you can sign up for it now. You really can't. This is we're going to start on November first. It's going to be. I think it's going to be a pretty exciting experience for you. I, I, if you really want to learn how to, how we do it, how experts look at stocks, find stocks, analyze them, uh, look at charts, look at the economy and the economic numbers and politics and how they affect people's decisions and in investing. This is we're going to cover all all aspects of investing at at, at one point or another. So we plan on hosting the Invest Talk Academy online each week, each week. One hour. Okay, and you're going to have Q&A. There will be Q&A time. We'll go back and forth with you as students and we'll answer your questions and we're going to get a specific topic. Okay, we're, we're going to, every one of them is going to be on a specific topic, but we're going to let you try to set what topics we start. We want you to tell us. You, the early, early sign-up people will be able to, to give us feedback on what they want to learn. It may be technical analysis. It may be fundamental analysis. It may be how to avoid pitfalls. Maybe you want to talk about fixed income, whatever it is. We'll, we'll, it, you know, or maybe just what, how you should think about the market. We call it mindset. What kind of mindset should you have about the market? 
It's going to be a lot of a broad range of topics, everybody. It really is. Now, if you're going to sign up, now's the time to do it because you'll get the lowest price by August 31st. Because right, and it's forty nine dollars a month. After August 31st, August 31st, it's going to be $69 a month. So you really want to go and sign up fast, early. InvestTalkAcademy.com. That's where you go. InvestTalkAcademy.com. InvestTalk is two Ts. InvestTalkAcademy.com. Okay, the lines, are, the lines are open, and we are taking your calls. 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk, made possible by KPP Financial, where they are committed to reason and common sense guidance. That can help make you a better investor. And this philosophy is implemented for KPP clients and across all platforms broadcast radio, live streaming, podcast replays, plus the KPP Premium newsletter, the upcoming Wealth Webinar, and the exciting new Invest Talk Academy. Principals Steve Peasley and Justin Klein have over 60 years of combined experience in portfolio and money management. You can reach out to Steve or Justin by calling their Dana Point, California KPP financial office or sending a message through investtalk.com. The Invest Talk radio and podcast continues now. The phone lines are open. Call with questions. 888-99-CHART. 888-99 chart. Let's try to squeeze in a caller, but I just want to make a correction here. I said August 31st. It's October 31st. I think you probably knew what that's what I meant. But so the the the, uh, the you got to sign up by October 31st because after that it's going to go from 49 to 69 dollars a month. So let's squeeze in another caller. Uh, uh, our number is always the same. 888-99 chart. Yes, my name is Tom. I'm calling from Sacramento. What I was wondering about is when uh, you have a, a stock that pays a dividend, it's an IRA. Now, it accumulates in the IRA, and then when you need to take the money out of the IRA, you pay income tax 100% of that dividend, where if you own the stock in a non-IRA account and it pay a dividend, then your stock burden would be reduced. So I was wondering how that to play when you're recommending stocks that pay a high dividend. Wouldn't you be better off to have those stocks in your personal account and other types of instruments in your IRA? Thank you. Not necessarily. It's a good question, though, because it is a consideration, but not necessarily because usually the assumption is when you retire, when you start taking money out of your IRA, you're at a much lower tax bracket than the 20% dividend tax that it is in a non-IRA. So if you're in a much less tax bracket, you, there's not much difference or you're paying more in a non-IRA versus an IRA. So most most money managers, most investment advisors and certified financial planners tell you not to concern yourself that way with a dividend. Because what you what you really want to concern yourself is is how to get that dividend income rolling in and at higher rates. That's more of a concern as to oh I got to worry about taxes on the dividend. Not too many people worry about that. Not too many of the people in the business worry about that because it takes care of itself. Good question though. You know you're right about as far as considering that. 
888-99-CHART. Oh, chart is our number. Time to give us a call. Love to talk to you. Okay, let's talk about China again. China's stock market now is, it had a, it was moving up last week because China said they're going to boost their spending and do some things. And so the, their market really moved up last week. And today fell pretty hard before our opening. And uh, the Shanghai Composite has lost 27%. But the small cap index, the Chinese small cap index, has lost 34%. So they're definitely, they're clearly in bear market territory. Okay, clearly. And one of the reasons is because their, their economy is slowing down. And another reason is the tariff talk. Now, the question is, is will their market affect our market? Well, maybe it already has. And no one's really noticed much about that. Why has it maybe already have? Well, think about, okay, let's talk about Caterpillar. Why do you think they guided lower? Because China is, you know, China was a big customer buying heavy equipment, mining equipment, those big trucks and different types of equipment that is involved with the mining industry. And they're going to buy less because their economy is slow. So that hurts Caterpillar. Cat, our big stock, one of our big stocks. Maybe the same thing is true with 3M. So it may affect, and it has started to affect our own stock market. So we cannot totally avoid the slump in China. We're not going to be able to do that here in the United States. We're not going to like just shrug it off and not pay attention. You have to pay attention. I mean, think about this. A lot of commodity prices have been falling recently. Why do you think oil went down so hard today? Well, China's economy is slowing. Maybe that's why. Copper is down 16, 16.5% this year. So, uh, and and it all come, all, even stocks outside of China, because China is slowing, even the international stocks outside of China and outside the U.S., outside China and U.S., that market index is down 11.5% this year because China, remember, is the second largest economy and the worry is that they're going to slow down more. I don't know if that's a good worry. I don't know if that's a proper worry. Because Chinese government has lots of money and they're going to spend it in boosting their economy. Kind of reminds me of the days when Japan had tons and tons of money and they spent it in 1989, 1990, 1990, all the way through the 1990s trying to boost their economy. But China's a lot different than Japan. China has a young, vibrant uh, workforce. Japan workforce is old and getting older. So there's a little bit different. So the, what they did is what Japan did to spend money on things was a lot of waste. Where China, they do the same thing. They're wasting a lot of money, but they eventually will probably use the stuff. Either way, even if they don't use it, spending always boosts economic numbers. And then that, of course, affects positively the stock market. Now, about October is two-thirds past. And remember, I warned you in September that October was going to be pretty volatile because it usually is. I didn't have a crystal ball or anything. I just went by historical norms. And October generally generally marks the bottom of, the, of a market during a stock market year. October generally marks the bottom of a stock market. So that's what we're dealing with. Yeah, I don't know if it's marked it yet. Okay. We still got time for it to get lower, but it's very interesting. 
So, I'm going to be in San Jose on November 7th. If you want to meet with me, take a look at your portfolio, especially in these volatile times. So, or you can register for our Best Talk webinar on October 30th. Either one. 888-99-CHART is our number. The next Invest Talk, responding to market volatility by selling stocks is hardly ever a good idea. So, what should you do when stocks suffer a large drop? That story tomorrow. But now, Steve's here, ready with answers, and he's waiting for your calls. 888 99Chart. Hi, this is John. I just had a question about uh, short-selling stocks. I understand the concept that you borrow someone else's stock uh, thinking that it's going to go down and then you buy it back at a lower price. But is there a uh, is there a time limit how long you can short the stock? The person's stock that you're borrowing wants to sell it. Do you then have to buy it back at that certain price? If you could just expound on, on how it really works, uh, that'd be a great help. Thanks for the show. Okay, good. That's a good question. So when you want to short sell a stock and what you're asking, what you're really deciding is the stock is going to go down in price and I want to take advantage of that movement down. So how do I do that? Well, you sell short the stock and he had it almost right. What you're doing is you're borrowing somebody else's stock and you're selling it. You borrow it and sell it at the same time. Now, where are you borrowing it from? Well, you're borrowing it from somebody else. Your broker is the one who has all these other shares out there in other people's account to allow them to be borrowed. Those people are allowing them to be borrowed. And those are called margin accounts. Cash accounts, you can't lend stocks. Margin accounts, you can lend them. And you let the broker borrow them. But it still shows up in their account. It never disappears from their account because the broker guarantees that it's always going to be there. So now you borrow it and you sell it and the stock goes down. There's no time limit how long you can wait for it to go down and you buy it back. There is no time limit, but there is a cost to borrowing somebody else's stock. You're, you're borrowing it, borrowing it. So they charge you interest. That's how the broker makes money on that deal. So they charge you interest on that money. And the interest can be, you know, I think it's around 8% now a year, something like that. So you do have to take that in consideration, the borrowing costs. So when you do buy it back, you then give it back to the person you borrowed it from. The broker takes care of all that. It's kind of unseen behind there. So you don't have to worry about when you have to buy it back. Now, let's say the stock you borrowed and sold Let's say the price goes up, and it goes up and up and up and up and up, and it gets three, four, five times of what you borrowed at, and you're losing that much more money. There could be, a, you could be a situation where the broker says you're too far upside down, and you have to buy it back. Because remember, they're worried about your overall portfolio. They don't want, they want to get that money back. So if it too big of your portfolio, they won't let you be on margin that much. There'll be a what we call a margin call. They're gonna call you and make you make you buy it back. 
But a good good question on short selling. Short selling. That's a good topic on our Best Talk Academy, I think. How do you short sell? What do, what do you look for in stocks that you want to short sell? One of the main things I look for is that the company doesn't make money. <laughs> that's one. That doesn't mean I won't short sell companies that do make money, but that's one of the main things you look for. Does a company make money? Okay, Trump trade war. Could it pay off and revive American manufacturing? Well, already, we already were starting to recover in our manufacturing. And it's still going to continue, and it's probably going to accelerate from what Trump is doing, President Trump is doing. So, you, you know, you got to give them some other credit. But it was already happening. And why was that? Because, remember, all that manufacturing happened in China. The, 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 the advantage of China, the... And, of course, you know, China's the second largest economy in the world. But the cost advantage, manufacturing cost advantage of over the U.S. market or U.S. manufacturing is now only about 5%. That's according to, uh, I think, Boston Consulting Group. I think that's who did that. So the cost advantage is only about 5% now. And then you throw on the tariffs. You throw on the things that they, you know, they, the, they, uh, the technology they steal. And it, the, there's the cost advantage is a push. But will that manufacturing come back? And, and, and will it come back? I'm going to talk about that tomorrow. More. More tomorrow. i got more to say about it. Unfortunately, we're out of time. I'm Steve Peasley, and the day is over. The evening's over, and I thank you for the loyal support and questions. I really do appreciate it. And attention podcast listeners, you will be learning more about YCharts, our new sponsor and the maker of software that Justin and I use for our serious data research, filtering, charting. And we'll be that'd be part of the Invest Talk Academy too, by the way. We use OI charts almost every day. Thanks for listening, everybody. Good night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, Call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.